You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. On September 24th, 2010, Oprah Winfrey gathered a little group of guests together on her stage. Republican Governor Chris Christie, Democratic Mayor of Newark, Cory Booker, and the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, the first time all... Christie was wearing a purple tie. Booker was wearing a red tie. Zuck, true to form, wasn't wearing a tie at all. They weren't there to debate. They had one common goal. Putting politics aside to help turn around the failing public schools in Newark, New Jersey. Mayor Booker, for those who don't know, what's the big news? Well, we've been talking for quite some time about uh, creating a bold new paradigm for educational excellence in the country to show the way to put the people of the city. Booker, as mayor, had big ideas for fixing education in Newark. Christie, who was the governor of the state, was going to let him explore those ideas. And Zuckerberg. So, Mr. Zuckerberg, what role are you playing in all of this? (laughs) Are the rumors true? Would there be a check offered at some point? Yeah, I've committed to starting the. Startup Education Foundation, um, whose first project will be a $100 million challenge grant. Um, $100 million. We were in the gym, teachers and family and people from the community. We brought out like a screen and just watched it on TV. And I was like really excited about it. Newark getting attention uh, for something good. Yeah. I immediately felt like this is so huge. I, I really want to write about this. Dale Resikoff was also watching. I'm a freelance journalist and author of The Prize about Mark Zuckerberg's $100 million gift to the Newark schools. When Dale watched the Oprah announcement, she zeroed in on one specific detail. Well, yeah, Booker said, you know... But the people of the city of Newark really in the driver's seat and the focal point. You know, he made it really sound like this is going to be a very locally driven enterprise. It didn't happen that way. From the Vox Media Podcast Network, this is Future Perfect, a show about trying to do good. I'm Dylan Matthews. Today, the $100 million Zuckerberg gave to Newark schools. There are a lot of ways we could approach this story. We could dive deep into the numbers and try to figure out exactly how effective this $100 million gift was. Or because the gift involved teacher contracts and charter schools, we could wade into an education policy debate. There's already been some really good reporting on both of those subjects. That's why we wanted to look at this gift through the lens of our season. 
how philanthropy and democracy clash, and what happens when wealthy outsiders with big ideas decide what's best for a community. But before the Oprah Winfrey announcement and before Mark Zuckerberg's involvement, before even Cory Booker was elected mayor, Newark schools were struggling, especially with corruption. Back in the 90s, the school board was treating itself to junkets, you know, traveling to remote vacation islands on school district money. And the schools were poorly staffed and poorly resourced and the kids were failing. Literally, the situation was so bad that investigators pulled together a report with hundreds of pages of evidence. There was wastewater pumping into the street by one school. At another school, there were broken smoke detectors and corroded pipes. There was a videotape that showed paint being stripped from the walls of a classroom while class was in session. The painters had masks on, but the teachers and students didn't. You know, just this, the complete casual attitude towards health and safety issues for kids. Eventually, the state said, Newark, you cannot be trusted. The state took over all the public schools. That meant New Jersey would appoint superintendents, and New Jersey would get to make all the decisions for Newark schools from a distance. That did help with the wild corruption problem, but it didn't really fix the deeper problems with Newark schools. Kids weren't reading at grade level. Only about half were graduating from high school. So Cory Booker comes along and gets elected mayor. He's a young guy from a rich suburb in North Jersey, and he attracts the interests of people like Dan Rather. Booker, who grew up in an all-white suburb, wanted to better understand the lives and the problems facing African Americans in this city. So Booker lived in this housing project in the heart of Newark. He had gone to Stanford, Yale. He'd become a Rhodes Scholar, and then he, instead of going to the biggest, highest-paying jobs in America, he had come to this really poor, struggling, small city. You could do just about anything in life that you set out to do. Why Newark? Um, you know, I love this community, and uh, I have an obligation as an American in, in the 21st century to, to innovate. Booker had big plans for Newark. Booker started with education. Because the state controlled education, he first had to get permission from the governor, Chris Christie. And then he had to figure out a way to pay for his plans. So Booker went out to raise money, and he met Mark Zuckerberg, and the rest is history. Do you know the history of how he got in touch with Mark Zuckerberg, how, how he became one of the people that the Booker pitched? Yes, I do know that. It was one of my favorite details that I learned during the story. Booker had a guy, a guy who tipped him off to opportunities to meet people, people who might be able to help Newark. Booker reached out to him, and this is classic Cory Booker luck. This person knew that Zuckerberg wanted to do something, quote, big in education. So with a little bit of coordination, Booker and Zuckerberg both wound up at a big event at a Sun Valley vacation home of a New York investment banker eating from a fancy buffet. Booker sat next to Zuckerberg, and he gave him his pitch, which he's brilliant at, you know, giving pitches for Newark and getting people to invest money in Newark and also making himself seem like a great investment. Zuckerberg said, let's go for a walk. And Booker kept pitching. He was saying, there are only about 45,000 kids in Newark. That makes it a good laboratory. 
we can really make change there, and then other bigger cities can see our change and copy it. Zuckerberg was sold. And I think it's worth lingering on why he was sold. Here's a guy who at 19 had revolutionized communication from his dorm room at Harvard. A guy who was known for one mantra. Move fast and, and break things. And so why wouldn't he think that you could revolutionize public education by teaming up with a visionary mayor and a small city and making a few systemic changes that could turn everything around? Democracy tends to be messier than app design. But Booker's pitch was perfectly calibrated for the move fast and break things mindset. It was full of Silicon Valley venture capital lingo. He was always talking about Newark as a proof point. So a proof point is basically a small example that proves your hypothesis, that you can then scale up into other places. That language was in the proposal that he gave to Zuckerberg from the beginning. It said that Newark would be a proof point and it would be, you know... Let me see what was the language. Um, I think that it'll be a symbol that can be replicated across the whole country. So I think that these are the guys to get it done. This is an Zuckerberg took a bit of a step back after donating the money. He didn't involve himself in the day-to-day operations of the gift. Still, though, this move fast, break things idea was built right into the foundations of the Newark project. And move fast, break things, you can debate whether or not it's a good thing in tech. But after the break... What happens when the things you're potentially breaking aren't iPhone apps, but children's educations? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. From the very beginning, the reaction to Zuckerberg's gift 
was pretty mixed. While some question whether this money will translate into improvement in schools, is this really the way to fix Newark's schools? Others wonder whether the Facebook founder and Harvard graduate knows what's best for Newark. He's never been there. He doesn't know the schools. Quote, oh good, now we're solving intractable urban school problems by relying on a 26-year-old billionaire geek from California and Oprah Winfrey, end quote. He needs to come to Newark, spend some time there, talk to the parents, students, community leaders, people that are working hard on improving the schools, and really listen and learn. Now, Cory Booker was coming in and saying, don't worry, guys. We're going to listen and learn. To put the people of the city of Newark really in the driver's seat and the focal point. If that was his promise on Oprah, here's how things really played out. All of the money from Zuckerberg was controlled by a foundation, the Foundation for Newark's Future. The Foundation for Newark's Future was supposed to be this local foundation that would decide how Zuckerberg's money was being spent. But to be on the board of the Foundation for Newark's Future you had to have given at least $10 million. $10 million to add to Zuckerberg's massive gift. Eventually, they realized this was unreasonable. So they brought the minimum donation to sit on the board down to $5 million. I remember once when Booker was explaining this at a public school, like how to, you know, somebody asked the question, how do you get on the board? He said, well, you have to have given $5 million. And people just kind of looked at each other, like, what planet do people live on that they can give $5 million? There was actually one dedicated, long-term Newark resident who had made his money in private equity. He'd already given a lot of money to Newark schools. He was a guy named Ray Chambers. And so Ray Chambers said, well, he would like to coordinate a $1 million grant from Newark donors and philanthropists just to show that there was local buy-in with this effort. The ACLU got a hold of an email that Booker's chief fundraiser sent Booker about this proposed donation. This was her email. I think that commitment is way too small and I wouldn't bother. $1 million as a collective gift over five years is just too insignificant for this group. So instead, Booker got $25 million from a hedge fund manager in New York. He got some money from Bill Gates. Eventually, the board wound up with around $200 million and several members who didn't have any experience with education or any connection to Newark. Still, Booker had another idea for bringing in local voices. How would you improve our Newark public school system? I'd make my school safer. Booker hired a political consultant from New York City to run these listening sessions to find out what the people of Newark wanted to change about their schools. Gives us a chance to speed up reforms. And will better allow Newarkers to lead the change. But it all starts with you. Get involved. These are our schools. They are our children. It's our future. People in the community were invited to attend a community forum to determine, like, what would we like the money to go to. This is Princess Williams, a longtime Newark resident. At the time, she was not only teaching at Newark Public Schools, she'd also co-founded a grassroots organization that was trying to turn things around for Newark students. She brought her ideas to the forums. I thought the money should go straight to classrooms. And what that means is materials, additional supports for kids, for academics, or for their behavior. Princess Williams saw things that her class specifically needed. 
more books in the libraries, Play-Doh, instruments, props for like read-alouds. I would even say like another teacher in the room would have been helpful. There were about 11 of these listening sessions, part of a $2 million community engagement campaign. The consultants leading the sessions took all of the suggestions down. And at one point... The young people who had been hired to lead the listening sessions, they wanted to present what the people had said that they wanted in the public schools. And they said that they were just presented with, these are the reforms that we're going to follow in Newark. And they said, but we haven't even finished compiling the data from the listening sessions. But that was it. Um, The listening sessions really weren't, they, they weren't listened to. There's actually a really fascinating TV moment that captures this. It wasn't a community forum, but Booker went into schools to hear from students. They said, We need better desk. Maybe he could like give us better nutrition and lunch and, and more writing tools. It's the books that we got, it's not good enough. Like They'd be messed up, written there, and the pages be torn up. But then... Mayor Booker says that's not what they're getting. Public has an obligation to improve facilities. And this money, I think, would be wasted if it was being done for bricks and mortar. In Dale's book, there's a board member of the Foundation for Newark's Future who says, quote, It wasn't real community engagement. It was public relations. But this is also where we come back to the Silicon Valley mindset that was built right into the DNA of this gift. The school district already had a lot of money, around a billion a year. This $200 million was supposed to shake things up, disrupt them. And building up bricks and mortar, giving more teachers, more counselors, Play-Doh, that wasn't disruption. They felt that incremental change in education did not have any long-term positive effects, or certainly what wasn't moving children in the direction that they really needed to go, because there was still so much failure and so much dysfunction. So right from the start, Booker and Zuckerberg had a plan, a plan that came straight from the tech startup playbook. You know, as as running a company, the the main thing that that I have to do is find people who are going to be really great leaders and invest in them. Zuckerberg talked about how he had the most gifted, talented, brilliant coders and engineers all over the world applying to Facebook. And if he hadn't had his pick of those people, those top people from all around the world, Facebook never would have succeeded. And Zuckerberg got his pick of these people by rewarding talent with perks or good salaries. So that's the playbook that Zuckerberg and Booker wanted to follow. Only this time for Newark teachers. I want that math professional coming out of graduate school to say, you know what, I could go work for Microsoft and make $200,000 a year. Or wait a minute, I could go work in Newark, New Jersey. And if I evidence that I am a great teacher, I could make six figures in Newark, New Jersey as well. This was the big disruptive change that Booker and Zuckerberg thought they could provide. We've got to stop paying our teachers, in my opinion, as wage workers. They're not. They are professionals. And we should pay them based upon results. And so Booker said we could have a new teacher's contract in Newark. To get that contract, the Foundation for Newark's Future wound up spending $48 million, almost a quarter of the total gift. Most of that went to back pay for teachers because of a longstanding contract issue. The rest went to performance bonuses for teachers who were doing well. 
Along with the contract reforms was a plan to close some failing schools. Eleven traditional schools and three charter schools wound up closing. And because charter schools try to disrupt traditional education in a Silicon Valley kind of way, millions of dollars of the Zuckerberg gift also went into promoting new and existing charters. And it says class of 2029. Um, is that for, for high school class? Or? That's the year that they're going to go to college. Um, so we refer to all of our... We went to visit one of these charter schools, Kip Spark Academy. The rooms are named after donors who've given money to the school. But the classes of kids in them are referred to by the names of universities. We'll go here to this third grade classroom. So this is Montclair State University. The class is really fun, participatory. Lots of kids have their hands up. There's a kid sitting on a rug just because he's more comfortable there than at a desk. Slam! Crash! Kids have to be silent in the hallways, and they wear uniforms. But they still get to be kids, and to be themselves. All right, so I have a scarf that I turned into a turban. It's cheetah print with brown and black. I thought it would look Shakia really Robinson cool. is a kindergarten teacher at Spark. So I'm telling you, if you guys are ever looking for another, like, career, <laughs> come to Kip NJ. You could be yourself at Kip NJ. <laughs> they celebrate you being yourself. She loves right? teaching kindergartners, and she keeps in touch with her students as they grow older. When we say two and through college, I know I personally mean I'm going to see you two and through college. If it's not college, if it's some type of theatrical school, whatever it is, that's the commitment that I made to you. I came away from the Spark Academy visit honestly pretty impressed with the school. If you wanted to make the best possible case for the results of the Zuckerberg gift, charters like this one would be at the heart of it. But they're also front and center in pushback against the gift. Because, after all, not everyone gets into charters, and their presence affects other schools in the district. So, now that we're nine years out from that first announcement on Oprah, let's dig into some of the concrete results of the Zuckerberg gift and what they chose to do with it. When it comes to the district overall, a Harvard study funded by Zuckerberg found that math and reading achievement dipped in the first couple of years. But then, math achievement went back to about where it was, and in English, kids are doing a little bit better. Also, graduation rates are up across Newark. They've gone up in New Jersey just generally, but they've gone up in Newark more. But... There's also evidence that charters have hurt traditional public schools. As more kids go to charters, state money follows them. There's now a thousand fewer dollars per kid in these schools than there was a decade ago. As a result, the school district has sold buildings and cut benefits. All in all, for $200 million, Newark got some mixed results. And if all those numbers are hard to follow or digest, Here's something that might bring this all home. The CEO of KIPP New Jersey has spent almost two decades working in Newark schools. He's genuinely committed to improving things. But he still sends his daughter to a school in another district. The problem is you can't guarantee that your child gets into a good, a great school yet. I think we're getting there as a city, um, but the guarantee isn't there yet.
I think it's really important to look at the concrete results of the Zuckerberg gift. But I also think it's important to look at the less tangible results, the public reactions. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker firing back about the use of $100 million he secured from Facebook. On Thursday, the parents of these children criticized the distribution of funds, saying their kids have no books. The former mayor... The money was meant for Newark's public schools, but critics say it's going into the wrong pockets. There was a sense that this is being done without our input, and this is affecting our children's lives and our lives. And why haven't we had a seat at the table? There is a long history in Newark of people from the outside coming in and reshaping communities, especially Black communities, without their consent. And this was just another chapter in that history. The anger was enormous. I mean, if you went to school board meetings, it was, you know, capacity crowds and the security guards were turning people away because the fire code limit had been reached. It was constant upheaval and anger and protest. I mean, there were marches. You know, the kids marched out of, the students marched out of the classroom a number of times. They they tried to occupy the superintendent's office, um, and they did. They did occupy it. We've been here since 5.30 yesterday. Uh, I think we're in our 15th, 16th hour. I think 77 ministers signed a letter to, to Governor Christie warning him that there could be another Newark riot. Those 77 religious leaders included an imam, Baptist pastors, African Methodist Episcopal ministers, and on and on. And someone commented that you could never get 77 ministers in Newark to agree on anything, but they did agree on that. Do I believe that our district, our schools are moving in the right direction? Or Currently, yes, our schools are moving in the right direction. Princess Williams again. But we would have seen greater impact from... The Zuckerberg money had the community and various stakeholders been involved throughout the entire process. Take what Princess does at her own school. Every week, they have a party for kids who have made good choices during the week. She calls it Fry Yay. It's supposed to incentivize good behavior. Some of my students came to me and said they're not going to Fry Yay because they didn't like the activity. I think it was some type of arts and craft. And they're like, how come we don't ever get to do sports things during Friday? And so what I told them is that you have the power to advocate for yourself. So why don't you present your ideas to our dean and have a solution of what can be done better? The kids presented their ideas and they were listened to. Fridays now sometimes feature sports. It seems so basic. But sometimes the success or failure of a plan has less to do with whether or not it's a good or bad idea and more to do with community buy-in, taking input, really listening. I think Mark Zuckerberg learned a lot. He's still giving away money, now with his wife, Priscilla Chan. But they say that they have a set of guidelines. And there's one that especially seems like it's drawn from the Newark experience. If they set out to change the lives of people anywhere, they would listen to those people first. They would make sure that they understood what those people wanted the change to be. I really want to believe that Zuckerberg and Chan will follow their new guidelines. But right now, they're funding an education company called Summit Learning. It provokes massive backlash basically everywhere it goes, which doesn't exactly square with listening to communities. Also, that Harvard professor, the one who evaluated the Newark donation, 
He publicly said that he doesn't want to anger Zuckerberg and Chan. They fund a lot of research, so pissing them off could hurt his career. Zuckerberg and Chan wield a lot of power and have a lot of money. And we shouldn't have to just hope that they'll ask their fellow citizens about how to spend it. Next time on Future Perfect, even if you're not a Chan or a Zuckerberg, you should think carefully about how you donate. We look at one plan to make PTA giving more fair. Angry parents will not give. They won't. I'm sorry to say, but they won't. I'll speak for myself. I will give less. Subscribe to hear that episode and leave us a rating and review to let us know what you thought of this one. We are produced and co-reported by Bird Pinkerton. Our editor is Amy Drozdowska. Our senior producer is Jillian Weinberger. We're mixed by Jared Paul. Our fact-checking was done by Laura Bullard. Our music is by APM, Chris Zabriskie, and Poddington Bear. Thanks to Jackie Lipson for her help and to Patrick Wall and Dylan Scott for their reporting and their time. Future Perfect is made possible through a grant from the Rockefeller Foundation. To read more of our reporting on effective altruism, check out vox.com future perfect. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.